Hello and welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. My name's Darren, and today I had an amazing conversation with Pastor Darren and Pastor Amin. Wait, what? Pastor Amin? Who's this guy? Well, I am so glad you asked. We get to find out a little bit about one of Garden Church's most recent hires and what strategy looks like moving forward into this new year. This is a great conversation, guys. You're not going to want to miss it. Enjoy. So we're just ready to jump in. Yes. So welcome to Gardener's Podcast. I'm here with Jared Brownson and Ramin. How do you pronounce your last name? Razavi. 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 Is there like a stress or do you make like a, a certain... I like the Razavi. 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 That's it. You can think of Tasmanian Devil and then Razavi. That's helpful. Super yeah. helpful. Razavi. Okay. Now I know Razavi. how to pronounce there it is. your name. And... Did you did a, a nickname ever be like you know you're like the Raz or I had some nicknames. Yeah. Do you what? want to know them? Yeah, I would. Give uh, me like one good one that you like. The top nickname came from my college track coach was Noodle. Noodle. <laughs> Noodle. It was strong. Uh, it was because uh, when he saw my name on the recruiting document, he saw Ramin and being Coach Warren Mandrell from Southern Ohio, it was ramen. <laughs> and so, uh, I saw that ramen coach. stepped in. And then he called was, you Noodle. And then whether you believe this or not, uh, I once had hair down to my shoulders, and it was flowing black curly locks. I love it, dude. And so when I'd run, Samson. he said, not only is your name ramen, but your head looks like a plate of black spaghetti flopping in the wind. And I was Bro. like, thanks, Coach. As you're running like four minute miles? Uh, not quite four minute <laughs> miles, but I, I was quick. Really close. Yeah. yeah That's so quick. amazing. Yeah. A, a fast dude. Yeah. Um, I've never really loved running. No. Biking was more of my thing. Okay. Um, but running is what you like to do even even now? Yeah, I ran this yeah. morning. Okay. I did a little run this morning. How far did you go? Did five miles this morning. Just nothing quick, nothing quick crazy. Just five miles. Yeah, yeah just five warm miles. up. You that sounds say? like something I would do in a week. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. Look, as a runner, there's some runners out there that they've got the 26.2 bumper sticker. If that's you, uh, Darren will have a, a word for you later. Yeah. Um, I'm not that runner. I've I just enjoy it, once, it. Okay, one time is all I do. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're five foot six and 125 pounds in high school, you're super thankful there's a sport called cross country. Yeah, now. that's true. It just works out. It just works out. And yeah. Darren, you, you run a little bit, but you run with weight. Yeah, I, yeah, do, I ruck yeah. now. I do a lot of rucking now, or uh, I do run with a little weight. I don't do as much running as I was when I was training back in the day when we were doing... We were used, you did do a marathon. I've done half marathons and marathons. That's amazing, man. Um, but now it's more just lifting and rucking and mm. stuff like that. So I'll, I'll put like 45 pounds on my back and just walk. Come on. And yeah, I've heard yeah. a rumor. I'm not sure if it can be confirmed on the podcast or not, but there's <laughs> there's some fitness going on in your life right now, some focus Dude, as part I, of the new year. Part of my strategy bro got to keep this soul i was actually reading today in corinthians i'm gonna do it and it was talking about honoring your god with your body yeah mm. and i think honestly this is interesting that you bring this up i was yeah. thinking about how often we just think of that in regards to sexual immorality in it. context yeah. it is obviously yeah. it's in regards to sexuality but i was like man how how much do we miss honoring god with our body that's right like what we eat act activity like this is um, I'll never forget when Dallas Willard made this statement. He said, what's your body for? Mm-hmm. And essentially he's like, it's the container used for you to, so that you can worship God. And like, right. we don't have any other container. Yeah. yeah. So let's honor our body. So I, t- I'm, 
taking that seriously, resting yeah. more, sleeping more, eating healthy and working out. Yeah. That's always you know? been a, a, a value for me too, honestly, like just athletics were part of my background. But then, you know, as I've come further in the life with Jesus, like you just see this undeniable connection between when you're healthy holistically and the way that you're focused on prayer, scripture, yes. fasting, spiritual disciplines, yeah. there's such a connection because discipline doesn't just stay in one container of your life. Right. When you begin to order the whole of your life, totally. other things start to answer to that same rhythm. You mm-hmm. know, this is, inter- I mean, and speaking as pastors, because you used yeah. to be a lead pastor, lead I pastor for lead many pastor years. for 22 S- years. Yeah. So you know, 22 years, like when it's a time of anxiety. Yeah. Or when it's a season of stress right. and like the thing crisis in the church or right. conflict in the church, what tends to go in those seasons or when you're busy, your your health, your physical that's health, right. it's the first thing. Like you you say yes to all the meetings, you stay up late, you eat bad food, you, right. you mm-hmm. miss the routine. Yeah. And you're right. Like when you're, it's funny because Alex and I have been talking about it. Like when we're working out, we want to eat better mm-hmm. to maintain mm-hmm the healthy workouts we're doing. That's right. And so you don't want to consume certain things because you you want to be in this yeah. place of health and fitness and yeah. And then it spills over into your spiritual life. So true. You know, all those things. So Well, and it ends up being um, a helpful exegetical tool for the New Testament. Because when you think of how many times Paul uses the metaphor of running the race, yep, read all it today. those pictures like a champion training. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can tell you personally, like even in the in the lane of discipleship, you have so many people that will come up to you and say, hey, I want to run a marathon because I used to run marathons and coached people to run marathons with the Boulder Track Club. And I would say to them, that's fantastic. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. And the reality is, just like it's often true in in our life with Jesus, is people will want the life of Jesus, but they don't want the lifestyle of Jesus. In the same way, people want to, they want the 26.2 accomplishment, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily want the 6.30 a.m., the change in the diet, the weight routine, the stretching, the recovery time, all those other aspects. And so it ends up being such an important connection i think yeah, so yeah. good and as you guys can see we're just having a conversation amongst friends that's right and some of you might be thinking who in the world is ramin yeah <laughs> and i don't recognize this voice uh, what does he look like and well, let me just tell you right now he's a handsome guy <laughs> and he's been around i remember seeing you at tuesday morning prayer yeah uh, back when it was on tuesdays and then like you're just around more and more and mm-hmm. then like you're in staff meetings and and like hearing conversations about what's going on, going into the new year strategy, and then hearing this really long job description title. Yeah. Uh, but Darren, why don't you give us kind of like that bird's eye view of what was missing yeah. on staff here at Garden Church and what you really wanted to fill and how, uh, you know, how Ramin entered that picture? Yeah, it's such a good framework for this. Ramin is the pastor of strategic leadership. That role is, uh, in many ways, if you're looking at like a company in the world, it's like a chief operations officer, someone who's taking uh, the organization, the strategy of an organization, the vision and, and implementing, building, working with the staff and the team to accomplish the goals that an organization has and running you know, the day-to-day in many ways of the things that we're trying to do. Now, in the church world, there's not often a role like that. And back in October of 2022, mm-hmm. so we we began to discern that we were moving into a new facility. We knew that was coming and growth was going to come. And we knew that we would need to increase capacity for our team. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't... St- 
we started by identifying like, hey, what are the gifts that we have, and what are what are the things that are lacking that we could use. Um, so how do we increase capacity? And that's it's first. It's like who do we have on our team that we could grow into this role? And are there are there gifts missing in this organization that we yeah. need? And so in October of 2022, our elders, our leadership team on staff started praying, figuring out what what does it mean to increase capacity? And we were moving job positions, we were hiring you know various roles for different yeah. things, and and then about you know probably March or April we realized. We, we need a different kind of leadership mm-hmm. um, supporting the highest level of leaders that we have. And um, so, you know, Alex and I and John and Amanda, we started evaluating, like, what would be a great gift for this this central senior leadership team? And we, over over a course of a couple of months, we landed on this job role. And, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then Ramin uh, was, as we were evaluating... Yeah. <laughs> Profiles we created, personality profiles, Enneagrams to Myers-Briggs to Working Genius, all of those things, DISC test. We were like, okay, the kind of person we need is this with these particular views, a particular set of skills. I'm quoting a movie, which I don't want to put on here. <laughs> it's Liam Neeson. Um, and and it, it was absolutely bonkers because, uh, well, in the process, Ramin and I were becoming friends in this, but he was all of those things. Like So apart from... You know, hey, there's this person, Ramin, here. We were pr- creating a profile, and the Lord was preparing for this role. So, Ramin, what is he doing now? Well, from my perspective, then you add yours. Sure. My perspective is that we You've have done a, pretty well so yeah, far. Yeah, okay, good. That's I hope strong. so. I'm Quite trying. Strong. I'm trying. It sounds like my, my yeah. week. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> we needed um, a senior level pastor, someone who's, who's pastor first, mm-hmm. called by God, who could see what we are doing here and can take the beauty and the good and make it better mm-hmm. and to help us overcome some of the obstacles we haven't overcome, uh, to catalyze and optimize using big words, um, <laughs> uh, the, the people and, and steward the greatest resource, which is the people of God at our church in yeah. the direction that God's pointing us. Um, so he's just been such a gift. Like he's, yeah. he and Alex and I have been really blessed. I mean, i Alex and I've been so blessed by your friendship and partnership. It just feels like, uh, God has been preparing us for you and you for us. And it's just this beautiful way that we're running together. And that's what it feels like. It feels like you've been running a race, we've been running a race, and now we're running on the same that's race right. and we're headed that's in the right. same way. So right. you might be a lot faster than me, but either way. <laughs> yeah, but you're carrying me? 40 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You got the rut. Not as much anymore because you're here, bro. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ramin, I mean, I'm kind of seeing you as like an answer, even though it wasn't like you were already here right. when a lot of the stuff was like boiling out of the surface. What, That's right, Darren. Um, yeah. What happened on your side of things that you first got wind yeah. um, about a role and how you could be um, useful at right. Burn Church? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole journey for us has just been an affirmation of that reality that God's always painting on a canvas bigger than any of us can see. Yeah. Um, because our season of life was one of transition when we came to Garden. We had been called to California from Boulder, Colorado to help lead a renewal at a church called Calvary Church in Pacific Palisades. Mm -hmm. And after a season of discernment with the elders, we came to the conclusion that it was time for sabbatical. And during the early stages of that time, we discerned that it was time for us to step away from Calvary. 
And so we came to Garden because I had been part of a pastoral relational network that Darren helped lead and um, thought, hey, we want to continue to be a family that worships Jesus while we're on sabbatical. We're not taking sabbatical from the people of God. We're yeah. just taking sabbatical from the work of being a pastor. And we lived in Pacific Palisades. And so Garden was just right in that perfect zone outside of familiarity, where you're not going to roll in and know 40 people right away. And so we came, and the first Sunday that we came on happened to be Vision Builder Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I, I you know, as a, as a lead pastor, you love a good vision Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we do. You know, you know that Let's there's, go. there's going to be some future casting, you know, there's going to be some inspiration, you know, we're going to pour the heart out, and people are going to rally around this vision that the Spirit is speaking. And so Darren's going after it, and it's a powerful talk, man. I still remember that talk, and just going after all the things that you felt Jesus was putting in your mind and heart for the future of Garden Church. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and it's like, when you've been somebody communicating, you want to be a great receiver of the Word. And that's one of the things that I'm just taking delight in, in this season of sitting under the teaching, specifically as we're in Reconstructing Church now. Yeah. But in that moment, I'm just receiving what's being given by the Holy Spirit through Darren, and I'm taking notes and notes and notes. We go to lunch afterwards and roll into a ramen joint, because that's what my family loves. And I'm just kind of distracted. And Natalie's putting up with it for a little bit. Natalie's my wife. We've been married for 22 years, and we have a 17-year-old Isaiah. That's and cool. we're sitting there at lunch, and she put up with it for a little bit. But then she broke in, and she's like, just where are you? Mm. And I'm like, I just can't stop thinking about what it would be like to help Darren mm. live into this vision. Yeah. And what it would be like to build all of these things and to see all this this vision about garden uh, lived out. And so over the course of the next probably two to three months, the Holy Spirit started to do a very unexpected work in my soul. Mm. And it was to start to, to open my mind to the fact that the next assignment that he was going to give us would not be as a lead pastor. And he started to speak to me about how for most of my life, I've lived and led out of that, that lead pastor gift set of preaching, of teaching, of casting vision. But in this next season, so much of the leadership was going to be born out of companioning other leaders as they grow into their fullness and into yeah. their callings, coupled with being a strategic builder yeah. and someone who helps scaffold and architect uh, the systems and the structures that are necessary in order to contain the new move of God. And during that time, I was captured by a thought from Richard Lovelace, who's an, an author I love. And what he talked about was the idea that anytime you see spiritual revitalization happening, and that's something we don't cause, we just receive that from God, you have to couple that with, with structural reformation. Mm. So anytime you see new wine, you've got to build the new wineskins. And my heart was just starting to get stirred around this idea of like, what would it look like to use the gifts and experience God's given me? for over 23 years as a pastor and to come alongside a vision that was just straight fire and say, how can I help build this? And how can I help this staff team walk into the fullness of their calling and their gifting? And then Darren said, hey, we should go to lunch. And and we went to lunch and we really haven't stopped talking since yeah, then. Yeah. That process, because I was like May, June. Yeah. June, June, July. Yeah. We like walked for a couple of months and right. then we did a formal process and there were lots of meetings lots, lots of, meetings. of interviews lots, lots of, of interviews. prayer like it I, I was like hey we're gonna we're gonna the whole team's gonna run through this you know right. it's, we got it because we we are so about um honoring God through the process and That's making right. sure that you know we we aren't just like 
two guys excited about the future, yeah. but actually this is the Lord's work. And um, so the role has been amazing. I mean, January is your official start date. January yet. I started. Yeah. yeah. And it's been incredible because I feel like we've launched into a very new season mm-hmm. um, with you being here. And I could just say um, that it's interesting hearing you talk about like coming alongside, you know, I, we were a church plant. And right. so you've planted a church, you know, yep. that in the beginning, it's like, everyone's a generalist. Like Alex and I, we had one income, like we walked dogs, you know, we babysat for income when we were planning our church. Like we were, it starts small with a couple people and then it grows. And then as the staff grows, even when you hire staff, it's Mm -hmm. everyone's doing lots of things. Like, and we're in this stage where there's more and more specialization Mm -hmm. happening. And even like I'm seeing faith step into a a beautiful season for worship, writing original songs. Like she wrote- powerful. On Sunday, she wrote an original song during the week. So what's interesting, right. we talked on the Holy Spirit. Next couple days later, she writes a song about the Holy Spirit. We're singing oh, it on right. Sunday. Oh, like, yeah. And it resonates with our community. That That's coming from margin and specialization that's taking place. John is stepping into a new thing. Right. Like, everyone, It's like this beautiful thing we're watching unfold right now. Like, yeah. I want people to understand Like, this is a special moment. It is. Yeah. And, and it's like God's bringing the right people. Um, and decisions are being made, but it's also just he is doing something in, in his sovereign will, his sovereign grace, and we got to continue to watch that. Yeah. So, so much of it's about stewarding it. Yeah. Of what the Lord is doing, and we were in a conversation yesterday, Darren, just around that passage in Luke eight yeah. about the soil and the seeds, and that picture of what Jesus says is the soil that's fruitful, the one that bears a hundred times what is sown. Yeah. What does it do? It hears the word, and then it clings to it. Yeah. And I love that word. It clings to it. So there's a tenacity required to grow into the fullness of what God intends us to grow into. And then it produces perseverance. So it's got to fight for a little bit. And any of us that have tried to go after something that's beyond us in the kingdom of God know there's going to be a solid fight on our hands, that we're going to have to lean into some adversity. We're going to have to push back some darkness. We're going to have to reclaim our identity time and time again as we push into territory that has not been taken before for the kingdom of God. And it's only then that it says it becomes something that produces a hundred times than what is sown. I think about that every Sunday when you preach. What if every person mm. in the room prepared the soil of their heart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as scripture says, is a good and noble heart or a good and pure heart mm. to receive what the word of the Lord wants to say to them on that day. Yeah. And how would that change the atmosphere of our church if yeah. we continue to be a people who came expectantly? And so in a lot of ways, I feel that's what I'm doing is, is even in our meetings, very practically for all of you who want to know what happens in the executive <laughs> session, Ramin, Alex rounds, Darren rounds, and it is called yeah. the rad meeting. Yeah, rad. Ramin, yeah. Alex, Darren. It yeah. used to be called the dar meeting, the Darren, Alex, Ramin. I changed that. And then Darren just wanted to promote me to yeah. first. Rad. Well, I'm Plus like, it we gotta, it's got to be, yeah. it's got to be better. Yeah. But what so happens great. is we have an entire thing on our agenda yeah. that's called Darren's vision. Yeah. And he sits there and just pours out what the Lord's been speaking yeah. to him. And I take my little iPad stylus and try to capture as much mm. of it as I can so right. that I can walk out and know what we need to focus on yeah. and prioritize with the team as we build the vision that mm. the Lord's giving through our lead pastors, Darren and Alex. And and it, it's it's interesting because there's, there's a... I was I had an earlier meeting today and I was talking about how decisions are made yeah. and um this is a guy who came from different church contexts and and he was like you know you know how do you hear god's voice and how do you make decisions i'm like i hear god's voice all the time and 
but I don't think I ever make a decision by myself. I, I don't, right. I can't remember the last time I'm like, I don't know if I've ever done, this is what we're doing yeah. without it going through. Like, we're going to talk about it in our eldership. We're going to talk about it at our board. We're going to talk about it with our lead team. We're going to, yeah. we're going to, Hey, what do you like? There's so much plurality of, right. of leadership and decision-making like, and, and, but also one of the things I've known is I think this is really beautiful is like, I've had a lot of ideas. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a visionary, but also I've realized like being a visionary, um, you can also be a creative, mm-hmm. um, or you could be innovative, which mm-hmm. there's a difference there, mm-hmm. which we've talked about. But, um, some of the ideas are from our four building. That's right. And I think, I think some of my ideas have been missed mm-hmm. and they were for building. Mm-hmm. Um, but then now we're in a season where I'm seeing, um, a lot of people have ideas mm-hmm. and our church is full of innovation mm-hmm. and we are creating structure to build mm-hmm. um, corporately in a way that's not just one person's vision or idea. And I think that's what's needed next. It's, yeah. This can't be, oh, there's one guy with an, an idea or vision. Like this vision's taken on its own life. Like if you talk to Faith about worship, okay. she has this, I mean, we're talking songwriting, m- music, album releases, mm-hmm. gathering worship leaders in the region. It's massive. You talk about John and what he's developing right now with right. prayer and deliverance and healing. Right. Like we need, we need soldier. We need yeah. like we need yeah. to run. And that's I feel like you've come in and you've really helped. Yeah. Bring clarity. It's like you've really said it. like it's about what was the thing you said? Yeah. It's say it. this is something I felt God speaking yeah. to me as I came alongside you guys was that um, guard God's preferred future for the garden is not unlimited opportunity, but focused possibility. That's it, focused possibility. And I think coupled to that is the other point that you're touching on is that the Lone Ranger is great when you've got a a beautiful woman tied to a train tracks and you can be a Lone Ranger and (laughs) like gallop over and save her. But Lone Ranger has no place in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I think for too long, we've tried to structure the church around one person or one family that's gonna carry it all. And I think that all that happens is burnout with that. 100%. And a lack lack of innovation. Yes. And I think when you start to see what what you and Alex have done here is is the humility to say we're gonna let someone else in that room. Yeah. And we're gonna create space for more people to start to speak into this and not just staff, but yeah. our board. Yes. And and to really carry some of this with you guys. Yeah. Which which is a trust factor. Yeah. That I think's been born out of a lot of the intimacy and, and some of the battles that Garden's been through over the years. Absolutely. Where you've learned to trust each other. Yeah. But my point in all that is I do think that part of this new wave of acceleration, which is the word that I've been carrying for what's happening right now among us, the acceleration of the things of God, is that it's going to require a different type of leadership. And I think that type of leadership is an empowering plurality where we're looking around and saying, God, where are you speaking? What are the things that are coming up out of the surface from the Holy Spirit? And then how do we prioritize and actually build strategy and structure around them so they don't just hit once, but they continue Uh, to build momentum for the kingdom. Like, um, I want to talk a little bit about you in a second, but we're on this, so I'm just going to stay go. here. Uh, there, Something happened recently. It was the end of last year. Uh, you and I were talking, and and I was giving. I was like, hey, I, I'm going to prepare for this new series. I have ideas. And yeah. I shared a bunch of ideas, and you're like, you should, you really, I think the, the one you should lock in is this one that we've landed on, which is Reconstructed, Reconstructed Church. Church. Yeah. And um, 
What's interesting is when we when we had one meeting about it, I was like, yeah. I went back and I mapped out the series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mapped out like you went from an idea to an yeah, entire. I, how many weeks is it? Like sixteen. Yeah, it's like twelve weeks. 12 but weeks. then, it, but then I had like a framework for like here's the, here's like the yeah. the landscape that we're gonna look at, and here's how we're gonna approach the series. I had all this from that one conversation, and then and then it was something that was really compelling. Was hey. Um, you, you made an observation about, you know, when you preach, there's often a lot of vision coming out. Like, how do we focus our church in the next few months? Mm-hmm. And you and I came up with four yeah. kind of key things. That's and we've right. talked about this at Leadership Community a couple we weeks did. ago. Mm-hmm. We talked about, hey, these are the four things we're going to go after over the next few months That's as right. a church. And these focus things, the goal of these things is to, to zero in on identifying here. Here's what God is doing. Right. And here's what we want to remind our staff, our leaders, our house church pastors, right. our church. We want to we move them towards these things. And they're, they're, they're not new. They're amazing. Yeah. But could you talk about those four things real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're birthed right out of those conversations that we had about yeah. what does it look like when we start to build the church. And, and the first one is simply that we want to see every person who calls Garden Church home take their next step in discipleship to Jesus. And yes, great. Then that can sound elementary. Yeah. But at the same time, if we're honest with ourselves, how many times are we living on yesterday's bread yep. or someone else's bread that they've given us instead of believing that the same living bread, the same living water is available to us. And so what would it look like to start a new scripture reading pattern, a new prayer rhythm, a new discipline of solitude or fasting or community or generosity? And so that's what the first one is to take the next step. Let's talk about each one. So I was thinking about that today because I was like, man, for some people they've been here, they've been coming on Sunday serving, but they've never joined a house church. Maybe it's time to join a house church. Maybe they've been in a house church and they felt the tug, like it's time to lead one. That's important. And I know that's that's happening. Like I know I was talking to a couple staff members who are leaving their awesome house church to make room in Costa Mesa for a new house church. And so it could be that, you know, it could be like, hey, actually, I there's these missions nights that we're doing. Like I've been, I haven't gone. I'm going to step in. Yeah. Let's go. So whatever it is, whether it's, hey, I'm going to read the Bible, you know, in 30 days, I'm going to read the New Testament. <laughs> Who's doing that? Do you I, know anyone? I don't know that? anyone. I got two days left. <laughs> How are you um, shredding, man? Yeah, shredding good. Um, and then, uh, or you you come to the prayer rooms or yep. we're going to start this really cool thing of public reading of scripture, which we're talking about on Sunday. But so good. Or open up the space where we can just come and hear the word of God yeah. read, declared, proclaimed in an environment that's the local church. Like so good. that seems worthy. So like good. I'm excited. That's going to be that. epic. Yeah, that was coming out of Francis Chan being with us for yeah. our leadership uh-huh. community. And what did he do? Tell us what he did. Oh, it was there. amazing. <laughs> he, he basically gave us context for how we all preach too long. Yeah. And then he said, "I'm just going to read the bulk of Second Timothy." Yeah. He reads the bulk of Second Timothy. Darren makes the the most simple of invitations. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit comes. Yeah, so good. And there's repentance and conviction and inspiration and growth and transformation happening. So we took that, Darren and I, and just said, what would it look like if on Tuesdays in February, we created space for the public reading of Scripture? We're going to be walking through four epistles. And if you want to sign up to read, you can do that. Sign up. We need people who want to come and read. And I'll be stewarding that time. And what we'll be doing is reading the Word listening for the voice of the Spirit in yep. the Word, yep. and then responding corporately yeah. to the Word of God. That's it. And, and that's a way you can, and yeah. you can do that on your own. You can come Anywhere. or you can do that on your own. Yeah. 
The other thing that you were talking about with leadership that's so important is, and I do think this is true, I think that you know, our, our community, our church family has so many people who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, yeah. who've had their lives absolutely transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of Jesus. And the next step for so many of us in our own spiritual formation is actually starting to give away what Jesus That's is. That's so good. Us. Yeah, so good. And there is a acceleration in our maturity when yeah. we start to say, I'm going to start to take responsibility and yeah. ownership to help other people walk the process that someone at some point in the journey yeah. put an arm around me and said, I'm not going to let you get left behind. That's right. And so what would that look like totally. for some of us to say, hey, that's the season God's calling me into. My growth isn't just something I'm doing for myself, yes. but it's giving away the kingdom. So good. All right, number two. Number two. That's only the first one. That's yeah. only the first one. The second one is that we want to be a church whose love is loud. That's right. Um, I think about First Thessalonians where yeah. it says that our faith in God, our love for God, it rang out yeah. all throughout yeah. the known world. We want to increase our yeah. public witness. We want to find ways in our relatively new neighborhood. Yeah. For people to know that we are here, yeah. we love them, and we are actually carrying the kingdom of God, the presence of God, yep. and, it, it, and, and you've said this many times, it is the solution to the yeah. human condition. That's right. Well, so with that, it's, it's, there's some practical ways we're going to go after that, but I think just in general, like broadcasting, inviting, doing the things of Jesus yeah. everywhere we go. I loved one uh, on Sunday, what was talked about with Ezekiel 47, that, that idea of like the, the, the river of life coming out from the temples, getting deeper and deeper and deeper as it goes further and yeah. further away from the sanctuary. And that idea is like, as we're going further and further away from church gathering, right. the potency and the power, this yeah. is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, of God is demonstrated and experienced in those places yeah. further away from the temple. And that's I think that's what that's about. It's yeah. it's going to be projects and service and love and acts of kindness and the power of God to set captives right. free, to heal the sick, to do right. the things of Jesus wherever we go. And then I want I want this place to be a place where we're equipping and you know training mm-hmm. um, for the deployment. So the church is on fire where where it goes. That's right. And then number three. Number three, um, and and if you've been around Garden for any time, I I would say that number three is something that that many of us have encountered here already. So once again, these aren't new new things, but they're really an emphasis point. And it is that Garden would be a house of healing for the hurting, the lost, the broken. And we kind of captured a thought from Eugene Peterson and love this phrase. He said that the church would be a colony of heaven in a country of death. That's right. And you look around right now, and we can't even get through a Sunday without dozens of people coming yeah. forward throughout the services, yeah. confessing sin, yeah. opening up about abuse and brokenness and yeah. pain in their life, yeah. both physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, all yeah. the different levels. And we just feel, I think it's a call, a mantle <clears throat> totally. of God to be, as Henry Nowen said, wounded healers, yeah, totally. people who've tasted and seen that God's healing power is real. It's for today. Yeah. And we want to try to equip more and more people to move into this. And you guys know, and we all know and love Pastor John Rosine. Yeah. And this is going to be something John has taken us further in yes. next season. He's getting more capacity on his plate. Yeah. And he's so going to be taking us further in creating houses of healing, yeah. healing communities, for all sorts of places of pain and brokenness. Well, and I think we're, we saw that this weekend and we this week, like I've already heard of multiple stories of deliverance, deliverance taking place yep. in the last couple of days. And, you know, we don't even have space for that here right now. Yeah. Like we need we need to expand the square footage of our space because we have no If anybody offices. has a large building yeah. you want to give us. Yeah, please, if uh, you're listening. And we, we, we would just receive it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> 
I, 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 I believe that because I mean, what, what's happening. And this is, this is where my heart is like, okay, God, this yeah. is what you want for your church. Yeah, because right. I think there are so many people hurting. So true. Right now. And they're hurt by the church, by culture, by the trauma of life in general. And, you know, I look at the next generation and the, the, the pressure that's put on them and the pain they're enduring. And what if the church actually did something about that? Like what that's if right. they, people did encounter healing, that's they right. were set free yeah, and they were, they that's were right. raised up or, um, prepared for life. And that's what I think I was actually thinking about mm-hmm. how the future evangelism of the church is that we're, we know how to be human. Yeah, that's right. Like we're, we're teaching people how to be human again. Mm-hmm. Where how do you deal with anxiety? How do you deal with pain? How do you deal with people being offended and angry and and sad and depressed? Like, what if actually all of those things that we see as characteristics of yeah. culture in our society, the solutions are actually talked about and experienced through the local church? That's, that's right. what it's for. It's so true. So when we talk about healing and deliverance, that's what we're talking about. Like just teaching people how to be free and in Jesus. So Yeah. Well, and I think the foundation theologically that you built over 14 plus years has prepared us for that. Yeah. You can't just step into that without the the foundation. Yeah. And and I think so often of that verse in 1 Peter where it says you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a yeah. people belonging to God. Yeah. That you would declare yeah. the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into light. Yeah. You once were not a people, now you are a people. Yep. You once didn't receive mercy, now you have received yeah. mercy. And then he goes on and he says, so live such beautiful or compelling lives yeah. among the natives yeah. that though they accuse you of doing wrong, and we know that's coming, yep. they too will turn and seek God on the day he visits yeah. us. That's and right. that, that to me is such an embodiment of what I see God doing here, mm. is he's taking this deep, rich kingdom identity that you've established through teaching, preaching, through mm. what this community's experienced over the last 14 years, being the garden. Yeah. And it's almost now there's this as Chris was saying, like this push out of the temple yes, to say, this yes. is for the healing of yeah. your city. Yeah. This is for the healing of the broken. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's corporate, but I also think like, gosh, just if you kick open your imagination, wherever you are listening in your car or at home, or maybe you're waiting to pick up your kids from school or you're sitting at a soccer game right now. And even just where you are, if you look around the environment you're at, what would it look like you for you to carry life into the broken spaces that yeah. you're seeing all around you? That's it. And so if you're hearing anything, if you're listening, be encouraged. Go for it. Yeah. People yeah. are hurting. They're longing it's so for true. It. And I was I was talking to some circuit riders that were here yesterday. And I was like, isn't it inter- interesting that like there's a thing called fear of man? Like we're so afraid of what people think. I'm like, we are Christians. We believe Ooh. that Jesus lived and died on a cross and is resurrected from the dead yeah. and that he's Lord and reigns. And like and then if that's true, then we walk around feeling like we're not going to fit in because we don't want to be weird. Yeah. Someone's going to reject yeah, I know. us. Like, it's just weird in like yeah. comparison of like ultimate reality right. to where our fears come. It's so interesting, isn't it? It's so true. Anyways, what's the fourth thing? Well, we're only on three. That was the third, right? That was, that was the third. third. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah we, we you're just, right. We, we just finished went, third. We just kind of went deep yeah. on that one. We went deep. What's number four? We went deep on that one. 
Uh, the fourth one is once again something that's been true of the garden culture for a really long time, and it's to keep prayer central in the life so of the church. Good. Yeah. So we don't ever want to communicate yeah. that, hey, we're going after discipleship, and we're going after evangelism, and we're going after healing and deliverance. Yeah. We want to stay anchored in prayer, because we believe as a church family that when prayer stays central in the church, that's when you see the kingdom yeah. spill out in the city. Yeah. So we have prayer rooms on Wednesdays, That's right. but we're also being really strategic with prayer trainings. Like that's we're right. going to go yeah. this year you're gonna see a lot last more night of that. last night happened lots of people here yeah. people getting trained in prayer model and i think uh in general just the heart to see more and more people come for corporate prayer yeah. and intercession and, and seeking god in those ways we do that sunday morning and we do it you know on wednesdays but i know it's going to grow from there yeah so it'll continue to grow and i i think what prayer does is it, it's it's kind of that that ballast at the center yeah. Because we're going to be moving out and there's going to be times that you go out and encounter something that rocks you. Yeah. And prayer is not only a missional space where you're saying, hey, let's let's pray intercession, let's pray kingdom come. Yes. But it's also that place of intimacy and encounter. Yes. And yes. it's also the, that place that reminds us that, you know, in all these things, like what we're actually going after is Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, good. And I, I don't think, the, I don't know if it was you that said that, but I, I've always, yeah, it's probably you. Uh, <laughs> but, but like the deepest intimacy sometimes we experience with yeah. Jesus yeah. is both in the prayer room, but it's also as we're serving a meal to someone who hasn't eaten in a few days. Yeah, that's it. And you learn to find the presence yeah. of God in the company of the poor yeah. and the hurting. It's so good. So these four things we're just sharing because we want to, I want to show you how strategic we're getting with building what God that's has right. called us to build. And like, for me, you know, I think if, if the vision is here as in heaven, that's the journey, mm-hmm. that's the freeway we've been running on. That's like, right. that's what we're driving towards. Yeah. Like we want to see God's desires and dreams for creation yep. be reality here that's and right. now. That's our goal. And all the things that we do as a church for that purpose, maturing believers, equipping the saints, you know, preaching the word, worshiping on Sundays, gathering the Lord's saints, mm-hmm. doing house churches, pre- teaching people to pray, serving, doing serves, serve days, like all of that is for here as in heaven. I just think right. part of, to go back to Ramin, what do you do? It's helping <laughs> us focus and organize and strategize yeah. um, the people of God in those things, in yeah. that direction, keeping us centered on those things. So, That's it. Yeah. all right, how about some practical things? Can I ask some, some questions real quick? Do it, yeah. Sure. Married 22 years, yes. 17-year-old son. Um, you are, uh, you, you talked about running. You also cycle. You I talk do. about those things. Yeah. All right. Could you talk to me about this little thing, a hobby, so people can know um, what's your, you're a cook. I love to cook. Talk to yeah. me about cooking. What's, what's, what did you cook most recently? And what's your favorite thing to cook? Most recently, we just moved, so uh, the cooking has gone on a little bit of a A lot of takeout right now. (laughs) Um, Unloading boxes. Yeah, that's right. Um, So most recently uh, would have been a turkey sandwich. That's Um, Okay. And it was prolific, man. I mean- Okay, tell me how a turkey sandwich is prolific. I I use this Mount Athos sourdough bread. Okay. um, That's supposedly got the recipe from the monks at Mount Athos who- You're kidding me. All right. Where do you get that? Uh, Air one or what? what? No, a little Whole Foods by okay. my house. Okay. Um, so I toasted that nicely. And then I, I like some nice Jarlsberg Swiss cheese. Don't even know what that uh, is. Keep going. And then I, Two I throw I've some smoked of. turkey on there. Okay. Then we go with arugula. Okay. And then of I course. do some um, really delicious balsamic vinegar oh, uh, and some fresh olive oil, okay. salt, pepper, oregano, pepperoncinos. Come on, dude. Um, 
and then I slice that bad boy and and enjoy that. That's what I had. That, that's my most recent chef recipe, right? Yeah. But my favorite thing to cook are bone-in ribeyes. That's bro. That's my favorite thing to eat. What are we doing right now? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Oh, oh man! I didn't know that that was a bro. Line. I love I, the bone-in ribeye. So uh, okay, I just can you just sell that there. real quick? Because um, I'm not gonna say like I do live with some other humans, right? Yeah, and I'm not gonna name them, but um, they don't like the ribeye. Why? Can you explain the the value of having the extra fat in Absolutely. the meat and why the bone makes it so important as you're cooking? Can yeah, you the just... bone will help you retain moisture. Okay, and the bone will also give some additional flavor because yeah. you've got all of that goodness that's just right in right there. packed around that bone. Let's go. The other thing that was beautiful about the marbling on a ribeye is that's going to give you that deep, rich flavor. Oh. Like it, you don't want just. I mean, some people can go for a sirloin, and there's a time for a sirloin. But yeah. but when you it's really want to pull up and you want to have a meal that's unforgettable you yeah. are going for the ribbon i would just like to put a plug in for yeah. bob's market yeah. on ocean park there you go that's great Santa yeah monica and i was you can go there and you can get the the nice two inch bone, bone in ribeye, ribeye. No. they'll do the tomahawk if you no. want to do the tomahawk Ooh. and so i just just want to help anyone who, who's looking for preparation skills yeah. i just want to recommend the reverse sear i'm not going to go through the I, whole recipe i have heard about this but, this but is good reverse sear for a, a thick cut of meat like that it's will beautiful. take you to the next level here's the thing i'm just going to throw it out too since we're doing plugs if you want to honor a pastor of any kind with some bone in ribeye yes. that, that would be don't drop it off at the office it won't fills you with the spirit more than yeah, bone in all yeah. the vegetarians out there all are the like oh you sinner i'm like that's okay grace man yeah. grace, upon grace. grace upon grace <laughs> man. everything is sanctified by the word of god in prayer hey okay uh going another level okay uh what's one of the hardest things you've had to go through um wow i didn't mean to go that quick but it's okay uh I think it's important to just, because I know some of your story and you've sure. walked through some very challenging things. And, yeah. you know, I think how we talk about suffering and um, how somebody suffers reflects their character. It reflects, yeah. you know, the things that they've gone through in life. And I don't know, I just, I wasn't thinking of immediate things, but I was thinking about sure. your story. Like you and Natalie have walked through some hard things. And I think I would love to just, you know, open up that a little bit. Yeah. You don't have to go that deep, but just share okay. some of that framework. Cause the, you have an amazing community that is just wants to get to know who you are. Yeah. And you know, um, that's not going to happen very fast. Like you, you can't have that many meals, right? That's right. And you, when you get to on, you know, preach, you know, people hear more of your story when you get in front of people, yeah. but I would love just for you to open up your heart a little bit. I'd love share to. some of those things. Thanks for asking, man. Going from ribeye to deep things. That's yeah, kind of my style. I was trying to come now. up with another R. Yeah, you can't do it. Ribeye to resilience. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where we're going next. Yeah. But no, I think one of the things you and I connected on right away was just the ability to hold intention a belief that God can and will do all things. Yeah. And the inevitability that we walk through long seasons where it seems like our most desperate prayers are met with what feels like deafening silence. Yeah. And I can imagine that any human ear that's hearing this, if you're honest, has experienced yeah. that same reality. And so one of the things we did um, first week on staff, it was actually my first day, is led the team through an exercise. Yeah. Um, I just simply call it peaks and valleys. Yeah. You can do it over the course of a year. You can yeah. do it over the course of a lifetime. You can even do it each day. Yeah. And you just simply are mapping out, where did I see God 
Yeah. Where was it hard and dark and painful? Yeah. Where did I have to wait way longer than I thought I would? And and so just to to normalize, like I just love that you're asking this, and I love that our church is yeah. a church where this is like let's put that on the podcast. Yeah. Let's not just ask him ask him to flex down on yeah. church numbers or yeah. things like that. I just think it says something about mm. your leadership and this church family that that's valued. Um, so I just want to love on mm. you guys for that, but. You know, two two moments come to mind. The first was um, Natalie and I uh, were church planters in Boulder, Colorado. We planted a beautiful community with friends called Origins that has some of the same DNA yeah. as Garden. And um, we we had come in and and just gotten past that that bump where you just are you're wondering if it's gonna stick. Yeah. You're wondering. <laughs> you guys never had that, did you? Oh my God. I'm wondering. We're back. <laughs> Are we going to make it? I know. I know. That's a hard place to be. It's a hard place to be. Boulder was a really hard place to be. And this was kind of early wave missional yeah. church planting. Yeah. We were in house in churches yeah. and then also gathered for our, we called them the lingering, where we just waited on the presence of yeah. God, lingered in the presence of God. And things had just started to pick up some real kingdom momentum, hired a few staff and Natalie uh, was starting to swim as a, a way of exercising, and she noticed this pain in her shoulder. And I thought at first it was, hey, just go to the PT, get yeah. a massage, get it addressed, and they couldn't get to the bottom of it. Well, litany of events go down, and she ends up getting a scan, and they find a tumor. Mm. So we're, you know, 30 years old. We've got a two-year-old, and my wife is going in for a surgical biopsy because this tumor is kind of meshed into some subclavian arteries that you just don't want to mess around with apart from a surgery. And so I'm sitting there at 30 years old in a waiting room um, and a doctor comes out and says, your wife has cancer. And you're just not prepared for that. I mean, this is in the midst of like new ground is being broken. People are coming to Jesus. The church is being built. I think that was the first year we were financially independent as a church. And so in one hand, you've got like breakthrough and goodness. And in the other hand, I'm just devastated. And at first I didn't even know how to hold that because I didn't, I, I didn't have a lot of voices in my life helping me understand how to hold that. And so I just tried to do it honestly. And we started to walk through the process and it, it led to nine months of chemotherapy. I took a sabbatical from being a pastor and um, took care of Isaiah, our, our three-year-old, and yeah. um, took him to school and took care of things at the home. And um, and Natalie courageously went through the chemo process wow. and through chemo and through the mercy and power of God, Natalie comes out of it healed, mm. um, then goes through radiation as a preventative measure so that this lymphoma won't come back. And she comes out of that experience. If you know my wife, uh, she, she is strong. And she, the picture I had was she is like an arrow that's been drawn back far by a master archer. And she is thinking, we are going to live. Yeah. You know, God has given me me breath in my lungs. We are going to live. And so she's looking at me. She's casting vision for our future. She's, you know, calling forth what we're going to be about for the next decade. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there paralyzed. Yeah. I can't, I can't even make decisions. It was like the executive function of yeah. my brain had stopped working. And that was your time to process after yeah. that, huh? And so she said, you need to go get some help. So I went for the first time to receive inner healing. Mm. And I went up to Oregon, and this is a whole nother long story. But um, during that time, a lot of trauma from my past, a lot of wounds were brought up. And specifically around this, uh, I was dealing with this hypervigilance, this inability to shut off this controlling personality yeah. because I felt like I had to manage it. I had to take care of it all. 
And so we walked out of that, that valley by the grace of God, um, but it changed us profoundly. It changed how we see people who are hurting. It changed how we see issues with mental illness and, and anxiety and depression, because that's what I was dealing with. I was diagnosed with PTSD just because yeah. I was trying to cope with my wife's cancer and raise a three-year-old and plant a church. And I was burned out beyond burned out. And it's in those places of deep desperation that you start to really understand what Psalm 23 is about. Yeah. Like, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And sometimes you read that and it's like, the Lord is my shepherd. And then other times you say it, like, the Lord, yeah. you, 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 like, you need to be my yeah, shepherd. Yeah, where the heck are you? Shepherd me in this moment. Yeah, because I am in a valley of the shadow of death and I don't know how I'm getting out of here yeah. apart from you. Yeah. And that was that season for us. And, and God faithfully walked us out of it. And, and then the last one um, was much more recent is in October of this year, my dad committed suicide. And he had been dealing with mental illness um, since June. And as I look back on my life, and I have um, the lens for this now, he'd really had issues with this his whole life, yeah. just probably undiagnosed, untreated, um, had peaked a few times. And this last time, it just kept going deeper and deeper. We sought every possible remedy, medically, psychologically, counseling, therapies, you name it, we tried it. Um, prayer, um, uh, even my dad invited me to pray for him, which uh, I can unpack that story another time. That's massively significant. Um, and I was here at church on a Sunday, and we had taken uh, a young man out to dinner, a lunch with us after church, and I get a frantic phone call from my brother who lives in the Pacific Palisades as well, and he says, Dad's missing. Mm. Like, what do you mean, Dad's missing? Dad's been de depressed. It, he's not very active right now. He used to be a 5K age group champion, and but wow. now he's just kind of a shell of himself. Wow. Where's What do you mean he's missing? Come home and help us find him. So we double down on the, the 405 and get back home. And Isaiah and I go up on the trails because my dad was a prolific hiker and we're thinking maybe he got confused and just went up on the trails. And so we're trail running up and down all these canyons uh, in Temesco Park trying to find my dad. And I have that time with my son, which ended up being a gift because I was able to help frame for Isaiah like this could end a few different ways. And pretty soon I get a text. My brother says, you got to get back to the house. So I go back to the house. My brother's just arrived there. My mom is screaming outside of the house. And my brother and I go around to the side of the house and we find my dad. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, there just really are no words. And my brother and I embrace and there's just this sense of like the bottom is dropping out and it's not stopping. Like there's no stopping that feeling of the, your father's laying there lifeless before you. So my brother handles things with the police in the corner. I take care of my mom that night. And then we begin this journey of grief as a family. Mm. Paralleling that, Garden starts to ask if I want to interview. Yeah. And it was once again one of those seasons where like there's goodness and yeah. there's future, but there's the deepest pain and yeah. grief that I've ever experienced mm -hmm. in my life as we walk through the loss of my dad and the care of my mom and the care of my siblings. I'm the oldest of four siblings and, and what's next yeah. in that moment. And, and the Lord walked us through it. Mm. And, and there was grace for it. And, and the team at Garden, I came in for an interview because I, I wanted to. They said, put it off. You yeah, can, we're like, you we can have... pause on this for yeah. a year. Like, yeah, we were... And, and I just felt this, this sense in me, like, no, I need to keep walking one step at a time. I think that interview was 45 minutes of intercessory laying of yeah, hands just, on me. Yeah, we just took... And <laughs> checking in. 
Um, but during that time, the Lord even spoke healing into that situation. And I, I could talk for hours about this, but um, just carrying this, he, he gave me this phrase and he said, I want you to learn how to be acquainted with sorrow and anointed with joy at the same time. Okay. And it's still that way. Yeah. You know, we just had my mom over for dinner the other night. She'd been in Hawaii for a month with my sister for the holidays. And yeah. it's just unpacking the sorrow and the grief and trying to live into the future at the same time. And I think that's maybe what Jesus meant when he said, bring your hev- kingdom here on earth as it already is in heaven. Well, and I, I want to say, I, I, I didn't anticipate you going into details, but no. I, <laughs> but I, welcome I, to my life, Gardner. But I think this is important. Like yeah. if you're listening, you know, I, I think there's a lot to say. I want to just highlight one. Sure. Um, I think we often see the church today as like avoiding reality like that's it's true. like we just mm-hmm. hype and this yeah. like there's no space for lament that's right there's no um space for those that haven't had their prayers answered that's right that are still in the cloud of depression that aren't you know as yeah. people are telling testimonies their testimony is not figured out fully that's yet right. and and like I, I we've always been a church that's held space for that that's good and i think also in leadership we have to see that leaders are also grieving. That's right. They're also struggling. They're right. also processing the worst kinds of loss. That's right. And and what I love about journeying with you so far, it's been um, those commitments and values that we've had for 15 years that we've yeah. learned from Pastor Bill and others along the way. Mm-hmm. You've had. You've also lived out, and you've mm-hmm. had to. And I, you know, I always tell people like, you know, church leadership is the ministry of suffering. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just have to suffer, learn to suffer. And I don't Follow really, Jesus. Is, yeah, because that's yeah. Jesus's model. Yeah. True, like yeah. the real leadership of yeah. of the church will always lead towards suffering because yeah. you can't help it. You're going to be in the worst of. You're going to get the crisis calls. You're going to be walking with people, you're going to have betrayals, you're going to have all those things. But like when your wife is as a 30 year old going through that, like that is trauma. That's terrible kind of trauma. You don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. And you're still moving forward with Jesus in that. That's those, that's, that's the real kind of leadership. Yeah. Or when you're like, I watched you, I had a front row seat to watching you grieve, Yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching you grieve because this is not, it's not done, you know, and you are a person who's brought an incredible, incredible amount of joy while maintaining the seriousness of the not not yet reality of God's kingdom. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just, I commend you for that. You know, that's, it's not like, oh, check, put that on the resume, but I want our church to know, like, our, we have a family here, like our our staff has become family. Like we deeply love, like just this uh, yesterday, was it? We're like we're ministering to each other yeah, as a staff team. <laughs> it seems so long ago. <laughs> yesterday. But you know, in our staff meeting, we create yeah. space to pray and a lot of people are crying. That's true. They're ministering. About half the team. Half the team's experiencing yeah. the presence of God. The and the other half the team's ministering. And the other half is ministering. Yeah. And that's the norm. It's that's like our culture. We're, some of us are going to receive it today and we're yeah. going to release the tears. Some of us are going to, you know, give the ministry and, and bless. And, and, yeah. um, and anyways, we're, we're trying to get under the hood of what's happening here and under your life. And I think it is important to say, like, you're a man that has been acquainted with sorrow and grief, yeah. but you also walk in joy yeah. and hope yeah. and possibility. And that's a gift. Yeah, that's I can't shut that off, You man. can't. That's, that's, the, the, that's Jesus in me. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, the, the Lord took me through a lot of these painful moments back to the, the, the book Habakkuk again and again. 
And as Habakkuk's kind of yeah. caught in this moment of saying, this is what I think God should be doing, but this is what God is going to do and use a less yeah. righteous nation to punish his own people yeah. because of their sin and rebellion. Yeah. And he's confused. Like, how can, how could you yeah. still be God? Yeah. And in the middle of it, you get that phrase that gets um, taken into the New Testament. It's yeah. the righteous will live by faith. And we've sometimes equated faith with understanding, and, and these journeys have helped me understand that faith is not understanding, yeah. it's trusting the one it's who trust. does, yeah. and it's what God says to Habakkuk at the end, and when he shares that beautiful poem, where he says, there's, there's no fruit on the vine, mm-hmm. there's no figs in the trees, yeah. there are no uh, cattle in the stall or sheep in the pen, yeah. nothing I can see. And yet I still will rejoice. I will be joyful in God, my Savior, yeah. because he makes my feet yeah. like the feet of the deer yeah. and enables me to go up on the high places. Yeah. And I remember when the Holy Spirit spoke this to me for the first time and brought it to life for me, he said, what I didn't do is remove the high places, yeah. but I made you into the kind of person that can scale the high places yeah. still with a song in your lungs yeah. and still with joy in your heart, even though you're going through what, what seems like impossible circumstances. And I think that our church is called to that kind of life and leadership because that's what our world's going through. A hundred percent. And we can talk about that internationally, which this is not that podcast. Uh, We can talk about that politically. We can talk about that in our city, in our county. We can talk about that in our neighborhoods, impossible circumstances. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and I would believe he's doing through our church right now, is he's yeah. equipping us to be people who carry hope and healing yeah. into impossible circumstances. Yeah. The God who makes things that are not as though they are, yeah. who brings the dead to life. Yeah. And that's what we're coming together to do each week. And that's, that's such a joy. Like even just right now, we all get to witness uh, life yeah. and the pains and joys of life. Yeah. And a church represented by, by you, Pastor Darren, that just wants to wrap around the life. Yeah. And this is a relationship that we want to express. And it's right. not just, yeah. you know, life is something that happens and then you go to church to feel better. And yeah. it's like this thing that happens. Uh, I remember telling you, Darren, from before, like I had, uh, I grew up in the church from when I was really mm-hmm. young. And the thing that was different about Garden is that it just felt like home. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was trying to be something else. It yeah. was just people having relationships with other people. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with, um, uh, Pastor Alex Nemovuka mm-hmm. this morning about um, something that had happened in kids ministry. Um, and as she had an opportunity to share some of the struggles that she's going with, yeah. one of the kids was like, huh, mm. I I thought you had it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. no, yeah. Yeah. we're people yeah. and we never want to come across as we because we have it figured out, yeah. we will yeah. now tell you oh. how to figure your life oh. out. Like, no, that's not what's that's going right. on here. And um, Darren, I wanted to kind of close with what makes you so excited about this next year? Like mm-hmm. it, moving into this next season, what are you so excited about? Well, I would say... Um, I'm I'm pretty moved by the conversation, <laughs> and I, I yeah. let me just I'm going to answer that, but let me say this, and then I'll answer it. I think there's a lot of people hurting, yeah, and I'm I'm more and more aware of the pain um, that just normal life creates, right? And this, and maybe the the systems that are out there that we participate in, whether intentionally or not, mm-hmm. produce more pain. 
like, you know, we participate in social media and we're deeply lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, or we compare ourselves to the point where now we, we carry so much shame because we don't measure up. Mm-hmm. Or we've gone through the last four years, which has been absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And we're still not recovered from the wounds mm-hmm. of that the last four years. Mm-hmm. Or we've experienced spiritual abuse, or we've had our marriage fall apart and we're showing up, or we've lost a loved one. Yeah. And we're just trying to get by. Yeah. And I just think that's where a lot of people, everyone's fighting a battle, trying to get somewhere. And I just really believe Jesus wants to heal. That's true. Like he wants, he, and, and what, so if, what am I excited about? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. such a pastor Christian answer. Yeah. Like I, I really love the Jesus revealed in the New Testament. Yeah. I really love the Jesus who, um, cares about individual struggles and wounds and right. past and the nations like we have the opportunity to give that Jesus to people to reveal that Jesus mm-hmm. to people and in a time where the church is not reflecting that Jesus yeah in a time that's polarized and making Jesus in the image of the American way mm-hmm. we have an opportunity to put on the the resurrected Christ and 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 show that like he goes into the depths of sin he goes into That's the right. depths of brokenness That's he right. goes into he holds space he's not pressuring he's not judging He's wooing you into wholeness. And I think that's what I want. That's what I'm most excited about is Him. I'm excited for His presence to be experienced and felt and put on display in His Word, you know, all of Him. And I I think that's, and that's what, that's what I was getting at, you know, like the signs and wonders. I love it. The proclamation of the gospel, the evangelism, the deliverance, the healing, the Mm -hmm. new people coming to faith, the experience of songs and being written and all that's awesome. It's all about Jesus. That's right. And, and I just want to continue to put the full, like it says that we'll be equipped Mm -hmm. to the full measure. Mm -hmm. And I just want the maturity of our body to put the, the display of Jesus on it to the world. And I, I just want people to encounter him. Cause I think when you really encounter him, like it's not, he's not like an idea. He's not a subject. He's not like this distant absentee, you know, landlord. Yeah. He is, he is so beautiful, yeah. you know? And, um, I want, I want, I want people to experience him. So yeah. that's what I hope. There you go. That's yeah. my, that's my answer. <laughs> no, that, on, that's go. so good because, um, in context of our conversation, Maybe if we were having a more lighthearted conversation, the answer might have been different. Because yeah. yeah. you get you get excited about things, yeah. uh, which I which I love. We all love that about you. Yeah. Yeah. And when we encounter suffering or grief, and uh, the church should be good at grief, yeah. and we're we're getting better at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should say um, that it really comes down to the simplicity of a relationship with the Master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking of the of uh, in the in the Bible, when you know the, the the disciples go out, they do all these miracles. They come back super excited, and Jesus kind of calms them down. And he was like, "Well, yes, cool, but just be also glad that your your name's written. Like you're that's invited right. to the party, yeah, that's right? And I want you there. Yeah. And that's still trumps everything else. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited about moving forward. You're excited about a lot of things. Yeah. Ramin, I, you're excited. Um, I'm excited, and Darren. Yeah, and I'm 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 excited to see you just like uh, for what you've been to 
to Darren listening to ideas and mm-hmm. filtering it down into to practical steps. Like yeah. you're just like making your rounds and yeah. like that's just gonna be gold. <laughs> um, it's coming. He's coming. It's for coming. You. Yes. Yeah. But as as it comes down to it, like that was such a great reminder for all of us as like as we get excited, mm-hmm. as we hear new songs, as we see healing, as we normalize all these things. Finally, like you're alone in your room, just having sweet time with Jesus. Yeah, and yeah. you know, period. Like, yeah, go to bed because yeah. that's like that's the sweetest thing that we can all enjoy yeah, and right. we can all participate in. And the those of you that are listening to this, that enjoy the conversation, that yeah. enjoy the laughs, yeah. and you know, talk about noodle over here. Running, <laughs> and, like, we we love having oh, a good time. Man. Good Bring it night. full circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, we love this. having a good time, but yeah. we, we also just love Jesus. Yeah, we do, yeah. and we want people to experience that. And yeah. so I'm I'm so super grateful hearing your heart, Darren, uh, in this. I'm so grateful for you, Ramin, and just kind of like you know cracking the lid open uh, on sure. your life yeah, as we have sure. context of of that much depth to appreciate you with. Yeah, that thanks, brother. Um, yeah, I'm just I, I'm so proud of our church when I get to hear these stories like yeah. this. I'm just like I, I go to the garden. I actually want people to come with yeah. me. Because <laughs> I know. I haven't been You're able saying to say you that. work at a church yeah. that you want to invite yeah. your friends yeah. to. You know, go figure. Yeah. It, I, I think that's what hanging with Jesus would have been like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I think you'd have been come in, and see. Yeah, come and see. And you would have been immersed in the depths of yeah. joy and, and in the next moment you're addressing the deepest pain you can imagine. Yeah. And and yes. I think moving with fluidity in that yeah. space is a sign of spiritual maturity in right. Darren Roundsen, of course. Um, but but it is a sign of spiritual yeah. maturity, I think, is the ability to to see both of those as spiritual moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like having a ribeye. Yeah, absolutely. And, Divine. And, and processing my dad's yeah. passing. Yep. And and we see Jesus in both those things. Yeah. Um, and I I do think too, like this this picture that you're giving of like finding him in the midst of it all just brings me back to that thought um, that anytime you see something thriving, it's receiving life from outside of itself. Mm. And I think that the, the the call that I feel so much is despite my job being like, hey, let's build, let's, let's school a ministry and yeah. mm-hmm. network and um, increasing capacity and all, all these things that are, are amazing. It's like, but if we for a moment take the roots out of the streams yeah. of living water yeah. it's it's gonna it's doesn't mean anything first yeah. love yeah and and it's got to remain around that first yeah. love the one so. thing we ask and this is what we seek yeah and that's what i love about your leadership darren yeah. that's what i love about alex's leadership that's what i love about our staff culture our elders our board i went to an elder meeting and the first hour of the elder meeting is people sharing prophetic words <laughs> about what jesus is speaking to them was that I, what was that like for you? That was amazing. Mm. I was so fired up, and and I just want anyone listening to this to know that the, the leaders of this church are listening to God mm. on behalf of the church and yeah. discerning what He's saying. It's not let's just go after best practices. <laughs> yeah, it's what is Jesus yeah. saying, and how do we get in line behind Him? How do we follow Him? Which I think is what He asks us. Yeah, to do right. Yeah, and I just want to say as we conclude, we're not perfect. We no. make a lot of mistakes, and yeah. like. Our church will make mistakes, and I Lots think of mistakes. I think you know. There's. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I, I'm that. no, but I, I'm just saying in general. Like I'm so aware of like we have this grace moment. Like God's grace is at work, mm-hmm. right? And the Lord's adding to our numbers, and there's favor, and it's exciting, and the building's full, and we've not always had we've not had a building, we haven't had it full. Like we all, you know, but we've also made mistakes. We've also done the like. Yeah. 
I thought the Lord was leading us here and he wasn't. And I, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. I've said things in error. I've corrected my theology and like, yeah, like there's no perfect church. There's no perfect leader that doesn't excuse bad behaviors, things like that. I'm not saying yeah. that, but in a world where there's like the microscope is on leadership and the church, right. like we're not perfect, but we, I do love Jesus yeah. and I want everyone to love Jesus yeah. and our elders do pray yeah. and they prophesy and they, they collect and they the words listen. from the Lord mm-hmm. and they read scripture and they're keeping a watch of doctrine. Like we're doing what we can um, while we can to maintain this, you know, in, in what you said to, to keep the roots connected to streams of living water. And, um, but that will always be, um, something that we have to mm-hmm. not take for granted yeah it's not assumed like we're gonna keep pressing towards jesus and darren you carry that i see it yeah. like i talk about it all the time but like you carry that and what you do i mean you carry that like seth who was setting up earlier like i love seth seth does he's production you know and uh there's a guy who recently volunteered i'm gonna put this online and and seth's gonna hear this um and he sent me the best email. This guy's like in the production world of churches and he, he volunteered on a Sunday and he wrote me this amazing email. He's like, Darren, you got something special with Seth. You know, I have rarely met someone who's technically great at their job mm. and has the heart of Jesus. Yeah. And he's oh. like, and you got both in Seth. And I'm like, so, I know, I yeah. do. And I, I honor that. And um, so gardeners listening, you have an incredible group of staff, incredible group of leaders leading your church. Um, and I would say there's there's one thing that holds them in the unity, and it's that they love Jesus. Um, so go after Jesus, nothing more, nothing less. That's it. Go forth. Wait a wait. Wait to end it. Right. Hands in the middle. Hands in the go middle. Forth. One, two, three. Go, go forth. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gardener's podcast. To find out more information about our church, or to get plugged into a serve team or a house church, please visit us at garden.church.